This is the story of a place where only the toughest survive. Sometimes you close your eyes at night and you're like, get out of my nightmares. You're listening to Nature Talks, the Nature Conservancy of Canada podcast. Fascinating stories about nature, why we need it in our lives, and the passionate Canadians helping to protect it. I'm Tiffany Cassidy. This is episode four, the home of the butcher bird. Bob Bowles still remembers the first day he saw it. I thought, what's the quickest way to go from point A to point B? And I drew a line on the map, and I took this country road that wasn't often traveled, and suddenly I came on an area that I'd never been to before that looked completely different. The plants were different. The trees were different. He was on his way to a meeting. He didn't linger. The landscape looks flat, like pavement. So we moved on, but that was always in the back of my mind, that special area in this back road. Since that day in 1975, the special place has lured him back many times. An avid naturalist, Bob spent years learning and sharing the secrets of this unusual landscape. Back then, he didn't even have a name for it. Today, we know it as the Cardin Alvar, just east of Orillia, Ontario. Alvars are exceedingly rare ecosystems. They are sometimes called limestone barrens. They're bare rock, sometimes covered with just a thin layer of soil, wide-open expanses of grasses and wildflowers. You'll only find them in a handful of places around the planet. But most of the world's alvars are here in Ontario, south of the Canadian Shield. These are places where only the hardiest survive. Very harsh uh, environments. It gets completely baked dry in the summer, but in the spring it floods when the snow melts and the meltwaters have no place to go, so it floods. So if you're going to live in this area, you've got to be a hardy plant. You've got to go through spring floods and summer droughts. And these plants were growing up and they were yellow, they were blues, they were uh, mauve colors. It was just such an experience, a complete new world. A world with a completely unique collection of species. The hard scrabble barrens are perfect for lichens and fungi, but there's also about 400 different plants, like wispy prairie smoke and vivid orange painted cup, and many other wildflowers. The plants attract hundreds of insect species, including many dragonflies and butterflies. And the insects attract the birds. The whole ecosystem is so important. The, the grasshoppers I hear at night, the katydids, um, the uh, whippoorwills that are out there, it's just a mixture of so many species that are working in a ecosystem uh, harmonizing with each other and 
Without an elver, we wouldn't have that. We need to protect those special areas. Several conservation organizations are working to protect the Cardinalvar. Kristen Ferguson manages the project for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Since 1998, the group has helped to protect more than 9,000 acres here. Kristen's leading the restoration efforts that include removing the invasive plants that can outcompete native alvar plants. These invasive plants can grow over the open space in the alvar. And the unique birds here need that open space to hunt. Kristen's biggest challenge is a particularly gruesome-sounding invader. Dog strangling vine is one of the biggest threats. The rest of the world knows it as pale swallowwort, uh, but it's not been known to strangle any dogs, as far as I know, but it is this nasty vine, and you could see if a dog went running into a patch of it, he might get stopped pretty quickly, because the vine is on the ground, it tangles up, um, so it's this soft-stemmed green vine that grows with these little maroon flowers, and it likes you know what? It just likes too many habitats. It likes forests. It likes ravines, open places, and it loves alvars, which is really unfortunate because it's so incredibly aggressive. No native predators and nobody really likes to eat it, even our deer or cattle. So off it goes and can really take over these habitats in no time. It even invades her dreams. <laughs> After a long day in the field of controlling dog strangling vine, all I want to do is forget about it. But sometimes you close your eyes at night and you can just see the seed pods or see the leaves on the screens of your eyelids. And you're like, get out of my nightmares. But it uh, keeps me on my toes. I think my active hatred for it really propels the invasive species program forward. The Alvar holds one more macabre surprise. It's also home to a pretty little songbird with the heart of a hawk and a killer reputation. The Butcher Bird, after the break. The Nature Conservancy of Canada is a national charity. We protect important natural areas for the species that need them, species from the wispy prairie smoke plant to humans. Learn more about Alvars and our work by going to our website, there's an Alvar quiz waiting for you. The website is natureconservancy.ca slash podcast. That's nature, C-O-N-S-E-R-V-A-N-C-Y dot C-A. When Bob Bowles stumbled across the Cardin Alvar more than 40 years ago, he knew it was special. The birds I saw, I stopped quickly when I saw a loggerhead shrike on the side of the road, and I thought, that's a loggerhead shrike, but I've never seen them in this area before. The eastern loggerhead shrike is pretty unusual. It's a songbird about the size of a robin that sounds like this. But it's a predatory songbird. Insects, frogs, mice... Even other birds are all on the menu. Shrikes don't have the talons of a raptor, so instead they fly close, pick up their prey in their beak, and drive it into something pointy. Like thorns, sharp twigs, or barbed wire, impaling it, hanging the meal the way a butcher hangs its meat. Hence the name, the butcher bird. 
Wide-open alvars are great habitat for this endangered bird, and the carden alvar is perfect for a shrike recovery program. That rattling and squawking you hear are juvenile shrikes. They've been transferred here from captive breeding facilities. A team is here to release them into the wild. So we have all these birds in these boxes, uh, and we need to carry them along with all of their food and water. That's Hazel Wheeler. She works for Wildlife Preservation Canada, and she's the lead biologist with the Shrike Recovery Program. Since 2005, shrikes have been released at the Cardinalvar in efforts to help the population recover. Right now, I mean, it's just a matter of figuring out how to carry as many birds down with uh, as little trouble as possible. Because the, the cage that we're going to is going to be about a kilometer across a rather rough field. Perfect. If anybody is, you know, take a moment to just put it down and let your muscles rest. We walk towards the outdoor shrike cages. Large wooden structures about three meters high and two meters across, each wrapped with wire screens. Inside, there are branches, and even some barbed wire so the young shrikes can practice impaling their prey. Hazel's team sets up the cages with everything the shrikes will need. They put mealworms and crickets in their feeding tray. With some dead mice and some water, it's ready for the shrikes. One at a time, the boxes are opened inside the cages, and the young shrikes fly out. The shrikes flap around in the cages. They'll spend a week in here getting used to their surroundings. And they'll practice the hunting skills their parents taught them in captivity. The team will put live mice in the cages for practice. The younger juveniles at the release site, sometimes it takes them a little while to get the hang of it. Uh, but they, they get there eventually. Sometimes you also see them um, practicing their impaling skills with like a leaf or... <laughs> you know, something else that they might find in the, in the enclosure. It's really, it's really quite charming. The release program, now 17 years old, appears to be having an impact. Every year we do see some of our release birds coming back. So, for example, last year, almost, almost half of the, the fledglings that we saw in the wild came from pairs where... Uh, at least one of the adults was a captive origin bird. Um, so they're definitely making an impact. This species needs all the help it can get. The eastern population of the loggerhead shrike is down to fewer than 100 mature birds. We've seen promising numbers, and so, you know, I just kind of cross my fingers and hope for the best each year. On the final release day, Hazel and her team will open the cage doors and put food outside to coax the birds to leave. Then Hazel and everyone will hide back in the field watching, waiting for the shrikes to fly out across the Cardinalvar. And that moment where, you know, the, the birds leave the cage, it's, you know, these, these, little, these little feathered babies that we've, we've seen grow up. It's really, um, yeah, it, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's hopeful and... It's just a really lovely way to spend the day. The Nature Conservancy of Canada does amazing things. 
like protecting Alvars, a globally rare ecosystem. This work is only possible because generous people like you donate. If you would like to support this work, go to natureconservancy.ca slash podcast and click on the big orange donate button. All amounts make a difference. Like what you heard on our podcast? Subscribe to future episodes on your favorite app. Give us a tweet using the hashtag NatureTalksPodcast, share it with a friend, or email us at podcast at natureconservancy.ca. Are you looking to explore the amazing places we talk about on this podcast? Go to natureconservancy.ca slash podcast to see our sites that you can visit. Next time, we're exploring the most endangered ecosystem in the world and the research that's trying to help save it. Thanks to Bob Bowles and Hazel Wheeler for sharing their stories and knowledge with us. Thanks to Kristen Ferguson for her expertise and to everyone at the Nature Conservancy of Canada who put this together. And thanks to Pop-Up Podcasting. Some of the birds you heard were from the Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, from recordists Will Hirschberger and Jeffrey A. Keller. This banjo theme music you're listening to is by NCC staffer slash musician Carly Dow. Find her at carlydowmusic.com. I'm Tiffany Cassidy. Thanks for listening.